This is a 30-second stereo radio for Trade School in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title, Project Planning Homeowner 101. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from the Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 Livestream Workshops from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops. Wendy's 2 for $6 lets you mix and match some of our best items, like... Dave Single with a 10-piece crispy nugs. Medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich. Spicy chicken with a Dave Single. Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. If you're into that. Chicken Sam. Crispy nugs. Crispy nugs. Strawberry lemonade. Dave's. Dave's. Nugs. Nugs. Sam. Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price and participation may vary. In U.S. Wendy's on the card only. Single item at regular price. Now back to riffing with Raph and AD on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, we're back again, everybody. Wednesday night, riffing with Raph and AD. We're here with our special guest, Guy Rozier. Uh, Guy, question I have now for you is, you get up to Nebraska were you coming up to play quarterback, or when did that transition for you happen to move to monster back? That transition happened when I got to Nebraska. I wasn't coming there to play cornerback. I was told uh, I'd probably play be a corner. Um, my freshman year, uh, we used to have a, a JV team, and uh, I was the captain of the JV team, and I was a cornerback um, and really enjoyed it. And um, my sophomore year, I was redshirted. So by the time my junior year rolled around, you know, I was one. I, I was bench pressing 375 pounds, and I mm. thought I was Hercules. Um, <laughs> and I just wanted to think about it. Let me think about it. I was just thinking of some of the guys that I played against and had to go up against and practice against. I mean, like a Ty Brown, mm. Dave Remington, um, a Dave uh, Dave Burke, um, uh, Tony Felici, mm. Turner Gill, mm. uh, Mitch Crank, Roger Craig. Um, my wow. buddy Tom Rathman, um, Neil Smith, uh, I mean Neil, Neil Harris, um, Jimmy and Toby Williams. I mean these guys were in front of me, and mm. I'm looking at these dudes like I'm never going to play here. <laughs> these are tough boys here, buddy. You, you got to button up. So I got into the weight room my sophomore year, and um, it got so bulky that uh, my hips wouldn't turn as fast as they used to, and uh, they just said, "Hey, you know what? You might be, might make a good monster back." And, you know, honestly, you know, as, you, as we as young men and young ladies go through sports life, sometimes the, 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 the doorknob that you turn that you think is going to be the most successful path for you doesn't always pan out that way because other people control your destiny. Mm-hmm. And until you can get the reins back on that horse to control your destiny, and you don't know any better. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So those things fell down the line upon me and I wasn't a quitter. And no matter what happened at that point in time, my goal was to graduate. My goal was to enjoy those men that I was playing with the coaches that I was playing for the state that I was representing and the opportunity to be out on a field that most people would die to be on. That's right. That's right. 
guy, you've always, uh, you know, just been a guy that's always been optimistic. You know, you've always, we're always, and the thing about that, just that relationships matter to you. Some people say they matter, but relationships really matter to you. And you taught me a lot, just even just from a distance, and it taught me a lot when you were here, then when you were at other places. You know, one thing I do quite a bit, because you were one of the ones, besides my dad, taught me this. Just a quick, you know, my father, Nim, and your father, probably said they didn't have text messages back then the day. But I remember my dad, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He would always call up people from his congregation just to say hello. Didn't want anything, you know, just wanted to touch base, say hello. You would do that, and it rubbed off on me. And me and you do that with each other. I, I don't think there's a month that probably goes by that one of us doesn't send a text. And it ain't a long book. It's just, what's up, big bro? Love you. What's up, little bro? Doing good. Doing. Well. It's just real short things like that. You've done that. You've you've practiced that, and, and people know it's sincere. It's not it's not just something you don't ask for anything. It's a call to say hello, and that is bode well for you later on in life and what you're doing right now. The relationships. Tell us about the bond. You mentioned Felicia. You mentioned Remington, uh, the Steel, Neil Harris, all these guys that I grew up along with yourself are just like I just looked up to as a kid. How was those relationships? Why is the Husker bond so strong? You think amongst cross generations? Why is that? <laughs> You know, it, it's hard to say, um, but as a 60-year-old man now, as I, I look back on life, um, we all grew up different. Um, hmm. Each one of those men that I mentioned grew up in different parts of the country, grew up in different parts of Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And they brought something different to the table um, while we practiced. They brought something different to the table when you went to their houses to eat with their families and meet their families and, and, and live their lifestyle for the day. Mm-hmm. Um I, I can't say many of them came to Camden to see our lifestyle, but uh, <laughs> we did, <laughs> just show we, some pictures. We did, <laughs> we did get the experience of seeing a variety of different towns, big ones and small ones, uh, in Nebraska. But um, uh, you know, there were guys that had never seen a black person in person. That's facts. On our team, that's um, facts. There were guys using words and saying things that they weren't they didn't think was uh, was wrong for them to say because they were taught that mm-hmm. uh, guys from the city um that would say things to those teammates that they shouldn't say to those mm-hmm. teammates and you know, as we had our little fisticuffs and our verbal abuses against each other when we stepped on that helmet and went out on that field if somebody hits you wrong we're all going to hit that guy yep if somebody called you a name or pulled your face mask or kicked you while you're on the ground we're all going to find a way to get that guy mm-hmm. because when we're out there, every one of us has the N on our helmet, right? And that N stood for something major. It wasn't mm. just a football game; it, it was something major, something beyond those white lines. Right. And I can't really describe it to you, but it was something that we all did, and it was just something. If, if you didn't fall in line, you didn't belong, mm. and mm. you were headed home. That's right. Quickly. Yeah, seriously, you were headed home because. We, you know, didn't want you around us. The other teammates didn't want you around them. And we were all as one because mm-hmm. we strove for one thing. You know, we just wanted to be a champion. And big eight champions, damn it, we were for four years. Right. Four years. Losing two national championships. <laughs> you know, we, we went for it. We, right. we did what we were supposed to do. Right. We buckled up. We shut up. <clears throat> we learned the game. We played hurt. We played bruised but we played for the state of Nebraska. We played for the fans. Mm-hmm. We played for the people. We right. played for that culture. Mm-hmm. And every school has a different culture. 
Man, you're sharing a lot of wisdom here, big bro, and it's very similar to the former guys, especially during that genre that you were there. We had, you know, obviously your brother, uh, our Husker brother, your peer, uh, Ricky Simmons on last week and said, echoed a lot of the things you just said when it came to culture, backgrounds, different states. And it shows you too, man, that Coach Osborne was a sports psychologist before we even calling people sports psychologists because he realized he had to get guys from Camden, uh, New Jersey, to mesh with a guy from Wahoo, Nebraska, to mesh with a guy from the Panhandle, to mesh with a guy from California, to mesh with a guy from – I mean, it was just – it's phenomenal as we look back at it as we're older men now to see how um, ahead of the curve that he was when it came to dealing with people. Speaking of dealing with people, guy, you – during your time, you you wore a lot of different hats over the years, a lot of different amazing careers. I mean, careers at different places. People are like, goodness gracious, you worked there, you worked there. I mean, there's all these amazing places that gave you incredible experiences. One that stands out to me, you alluded to when we first started the show, when you were here as the uh, one of the assistant administrators, assistant athletic directors, you secured and landed the biggest, I don't like to say don- donations, because donation always sounds like you're giving away a kidney or a rib. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You led at one of the biggest investments in athletic history when it came to facilities. Can you tell us about that and how that came about? And it goes to relationships again. There was relationships that you started early. Tell us about that scenario as much as you feel free to talk about uh, how you secured that deal with one of Nebraska's greatest defensive linemen ever play the game. Well, it, it was it was a variety of different young men at that time, and I got to honestly say it was a, a variety of different young ladies too on the volleyball team mm-hmm. um, that um, uh, I befriended. And um, it just so happened that um, one of the coaches came to me and asked me if I would mentor uh, a young man, and I said sure, and, and they sent him up to to my office, and we sat down and we talked, and I just wanted to get to know him personally. Where are you from? How did you grow up? You know, what kind of food did you eat? You know, what's your mom and dad like? Where are they from? You know, so when I gathered some information on that individual and, and watched him speak to me, I could see where I could help him. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see where I could steer him into becoming a better man um, while he's in his infancy stages as becoming a man in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a chance to mentor him for a couple of years. And I just so happened to talk to him one day and, and say, you know, what you've done here by achieving seven awards, more awards than any other athlete in the history of Nebraska, you need to leave something behind for some other people to get through this door. Hmm. And what that is, I'm going to share with you, and I'm going to provide a couple of opportunities for you to think about and to look at and go talk to your mom and dad about it. This is not a decision of your own because this is your father's name that's going to go in this building or up wow. on this wall or in a locker room somewhere. And um, we sat, we talked, and, and I gave him um, the, the 911 on how things work and what it would look like, and he agreed to do it. And I went to Coach Osborne and said, Coach, um, I want to set a precedent. Because there was one gentleman that said to me, what are you going to do differently here at this institution that we're not doing? And my goal was to bring athletes to the table before they left their last game or their last, their, their last sport. Um, to commit to the institution. This young man committed $2.6 million. She named the weight room after him for $2 million and $600,000 for a fully endowed scholarship for a young man or young lady to get an engineering degree. And if they chose to get a master's degree in engineering, the funding would support them to do that. Wow. So after sharing that information with his mother and his father, um, and Coach Osborne said, you know what? I like the idea. Let's go for it. Um, it was a nail in the coffin. 
Hmm. All he had to do was sign his contract, and the money was coming shortly. Wow. But the sad part was, which, you know, at that point in time, I was so excited. You got to understand, I'm old school. When, when, when I played with Ricky Simmons, you know, we called him B. Clyde and, and mm-hmm. Irving and Turner, all these guys. We used to lock her out of the South Stadium. We used to come out of the tunnel on, 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 on that side and, and, and at the bottom, and it wasn't like it is now. It was right. different. Right. Um, uh, we used to we used to run around in the sand pit uh, for indoor <laughs> indoor conditioning, and, and that was a whole bunch of black dust going all up in your nose. Luckily, none of us got cancer. From it. But that was Epley's idea of making us stronger and faster, you know. Uh-huh. So um, uh, down the line, Coach Osborne decided to take some money and, and, and knock that South Side out and build the, the, one of the largest weight rooms in the history. Mm-hmm. Here comes Boyd Epley, mm-hmm. you know, another historian yeah. um, who did some great things. Well, to my point, once Indomitian named the weight room after him, I wanted to historically create an image on his wall that would last forever um, for him. And um, had a lot of help with Maggie Thorne, and who was mm. another athlete at Nebraska when I was there, and worked with a bunch of different people to make that happen. But I didn't realize that they were going to turn that weight room back into football only. Mm. So therefore, I had to get my hustle back on. Right. All the other sports, which to me were just as important because I was part of that leadership team, mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that they had the opportunity as well to perform to the highest level to win championships, but yet alone graduate with honors. Right, right. So two friends um, uh, up in Omaha, Nebraska, uh, Dave and Carol Alloy, mm. um, we got very close to each other. They wanted to do something for the volleyball team. I said, I got another idea that not only would help the volleyball team, but would help all the other sports. Would you be interested? We sat down, we talked, we worked out the numbers. Pop goes the weasel, man. Um, two weight rooms. And, wow. and, and I didn't do it all by myself. The foundation was a huge part of it. Um, Coach Osborne was a, was, was a catalyst to it. Um, and um, I had a team of people in the development staff um, that were very supportive in helping me make every, every uh, across every T and dot everything I needed to dot as we moved through that process. So I didn't do it by myself. It was all through the grace of God. And um, look, look as, I, as I look at what happened, I mean, the baseball team won national championships. Basketball team's doing well. Volleyball team's done super well. Um, the bowling team's done super well. I mean, the sports program has just graduated because of those two weight groups. Mm-hmm. That, that, every time I see that facility, Guy, when I walk in there, I just think about that all started from a conversation and relationships. That's why the simple text messages, like I said, you've, you've, you've taught me and many other uh, younger guys, younger than you, the importance of relationships, you know, uh, and how I've seen you carry that out. And hence, that thing doesn't exist if there's not a relationship there to where you, uh, you show someone that it is important to reinvest back in your institution if you're financially able to, at least at that capacity, any capacity, but for sure. You, you mentioned, and you mentioned the key point, your father's name's going to be on this. We immediately talk to them first. That's trust. That's relationships uh, that are there. God, I want to segue into this. I want to make sure we get to this uh, before we, with, our, with our last segment on here. We'll take one quick break after that. Well, we'll take a quick break now. And, God, we want to come back and talk about the landscape of college sports right now. And you being a former administrator in college athletics, I know you have a lot to say and a lot of wisdom. Folks, we're former Husker Guy Rozier with Riffin McGrath and A.D., 
on 93.7 a ticket. We'll be right back. This is a 30 second stereo radio for Trade School in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title Project Planning Homeowner 101. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from the Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 Livestream Workshops from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops. <laughs> 